So, we were, as Denise said, extremely blessed last night in this place. And uh, Jason and Charmaine Brown uh, were our guests and uh, provided uh, worship for us. And um, I, I, as the, the week unfolded and even the day, I really had, I was a bit anxious in the morning, um, probably to be expected anytime you're planning um, an event and you're not sure who's coming and what's going on. Um, you have a loose framework of what you see happening, uh, but it's, uh, it's subject to change and, and all those sorts of things. So um, we came and we started to get set up and um, we had an idea of what we wanted to do, but we really didn't have anything um, set in stone. And so therefore, it was a little bit chaotic in the first little bit, as it can be taking down chairs and putting up tables and doing this and doing that. And, but then slowly, as it started to transform, that chaos turned into this, this, this actual river of peace. And, and just as the Charmaine and uh, Jason started, uh, started sharing um, their journey, it was just, it was so special. And um, Jason uh, and Charmaine were in uh, China um, a couple of months ago um, on a missions trip. And um, he shared um, in, this, uh, in this one setting, they were doing like five services a day in, in eight days. It was just crazy. Uh, but he shared in this one service that they were in this uh, um, building and, uh, you know, You've heard of, of the church in China a little wee bit and just how it's growing and how, um, like, you've even seen in movies where, like, there's people hanging in windows and whatnot. So he, he described this uh, scenario where there was this building and they were doing the worship and people were, like, on chairs and they were, like, up on the, on the rafters and they were hanging, like, looking through the windows and they were just, like, they were all packed into this place trying to see what was going on and they were just so excited and... So um, the uh, person that was supposed to give the message, Jason was doing worship, um, he wrote down on a sign and he held it up to Jason and says, you're supposed to give the message. And Jason was just there for the worship. Like that was his gig, that was all he was doing. But he said, you're supposed to give the message. And, and it's like, what do I say? What, you know? And, and the Lord just brought this peace upon him just to say, present the gospel in its simplicity present the gospel in its power. And so he began to share about that and just about Jesus and about what he does for us and what he brings to us. And then he invited people to the altar call. And the place just went crazy, absolutely crazy. And all of a sudden, people were standing on their chairs and, you know, there were a few people coming forward and it was just like, he just it was just amazing what was happening. But... What he began to realize and what heard through an interpreter was the reason that the people were standing on the chairs where they were saying to their friends that have never been to church, to uh, some family members, that's you, go up there, that's you, go up there, that's you, go up there, that's you, that is for you. And the really cool thing in that was that they were so excited because of the love and the hope that they have in Jesus, they want people around them to experience the same thing. And so 
for me, just as I heard all that and just, just how he was sharing it, it was just, and he said something changed in him that night. He had one of those moments um, that he had not experienced in life. Something changed for him. And it's like he doesn't want to go back to who he was. He wants to be able to be in that moment, to be able to respond to what God wants him to do in that moment. And so that for us translates into momentum. When we see something we sometimes weigh the cost. We sometimes look at this. We look at that. It's like, am I supposed to go? Am I not supposed to go? There's this confusion sets in. Sometimes it's like, just lay it down and present Jesus and go for it. And so it's really cool and how that all came about. And, and just even in, uh, even in how they presented the night, um, they uh, started in, in an original song. They did a couple of songs that we know. Um, they went uh, quiet for a little bit. They told a story about some of their journey. They went back in a song. They stopped again a little bit later and told another part of their life and their story. And just their storytelling and uh, just their ability just to, to pull it all together was just so, so incredibly amazing. And uh, it, it was like I, I was at a gathering. My son-in-law got baptized in Toronto about uh, three, four months ago, whatever it was. And uh, we went down, and Jason and Charmaine were part of the worship that morning. And as I was watching uh, them on stage, it was like, I got to get to know these people. And, uh, and so when the opportunity came up to have them come, it was like, yes, it, it's right. And they're right here in Kitchener, so it was really, really great. Um, the cool thing about last night is that it was a, small, a smaller crowd. There were a number of us that had um, prior commitments, events going on. There were a number of different things going on. Um, it was a smaller gathering. I was so, so blessed just with the enthusiasm that uh, each of you who were here brought. Um, you brought some friends. Um, there were different things going on. But I'm pleased to say that um, for a small number of people, we managed to raise $763 last night. The uh, pie auction, we, we sorely missed uh, Larry Fry as our, um, as our resident um, crowd uh, um, encourager. Uh, Gavin did a wonderful job in the auction. Um, I was totally blown away by the auction, just in the generosity and the spirit behind it. So thank you. Thank you so much. For me, we've heard this, uh, this word a few times already in the new year here um, uh, from the book of Isaiah. And uh, Jason just said it last night again. Um, in, uh, in the first chapter, it says, it's talking about, whom shall I send? And it says, here I am, send me. And for each one of us, when the Lord comes to us and says, whom shall I send? Are we going to tap our brother on the shoulder or our sister on the shoulder and say, you go? We're going to say, I will go. I will go and do what I am called to do. Mike and Mary just got back from Cuba. They heard the call. They said, I will go. Heidi just got back from Switzerland. She heard the call, I will go. It's just so amazing, all the things that are happening in the river. And for me, just this, last year we went to the DR. Um, it, it came together so wonderfully last year. Uh, we were just blessed beyond, beyond, beyond. It seemed easy. This year has been a little bit more of a roller coaster. Um, I can't entirely explain it. Um, I have had 
faith beyond faith uh, that is, go it is going to all come together. And yet there have been these dips that I've been very anxious about it. And then we'll get momentum and we'll climb back up the hill. And last night was one of those momentum moments. And then something else will happen and I'll get a little bit anxious. And then something else will happen. And it's just been this last year. And yesterday, last year it was just, and off we went. And this year it's just been a little more different. And, and that's good because what that does is it helps build our faith. It's, sometimes, yes, life can be easy. Things can be easy. Uh, we can be blessed. And sometimes the Lord puts challenges before us to test our faith. And so I think that that's incredibly important, that we have those challenges from time to time. Uh, he, he doesn't want to test our faith in a sense of uh, bringing us hardship. He wants to test our faith to be able to really um, cause us to rely on him and to depend upon him and not on the circumstance and not on the situation. And so uh, I heard this uh, statement um, probably about two years ago, and I've been thinking about it on and off. And... Um, and the statement was, faith in God or God's faith in us. So, what does that look like? I think that as I was thinking more about it, I think that when we think about faith in God, I think sometimes we can have these feelings of of inadequacy, of, uh, of shortcoming, of, oh, I can't do it, oh, you know, I'm going to fail, you know, what's God going to think of me, all those sorts of things, and it, it, it really puts us in a, in a kind of a really difficult spot, but what I, what I learned in that, talking about it was that we measure faith by how much faith in God we have. And we often end up discouraged because we fail to factor in how much God has faith in us. And we don't think of that too often, but all through the book, all through the Bible, all through scriptures, it talks about God's faith in his people. I have called you to do this. I have called you to do that. Go and do this. I will be with you. I will go before you. I will protect you. I will give you provision. God talks continually about all the things that he will do for us if we have faith to believe that it's going to happen. And, you know, Marilyn came up to me and, uh, and said she thought that she had a, a, a little piece of last night and it was small but mighty and so she said it was like Gideon's army and it just so happens that uh, in Gideon in chapter 6 verse 12 the Lord says you Gideon are a mighty warrior you are a mighty warrior and you are going to do the things I've called you to do because you are great and mighty and the really cool thing about that is that Gideon, at that point in his life, was running. He was running from the Lord. He didn't want anything to do with uh, leading an army. He didn't want anything to do with um, fighting anybody. He was uh, a frightened young man. And yet the Lord continued to pursue him and continued to pursue him. And he finally cornered Gideon and said, Look, 
I am for you. I will not fail you. And so as the army gathered around, Gideon, what do I do, Lord? He says, lead my army. And he says, how many shall I take? shall I take? And he began whittling it, whittling it down. And began whittling it down. And finally it was down to the size that the Lord wanted. Gideon would have took the whole army in his own strength. But the Lord said, my strength lies in what you can do in this group of people. And it even went on to say that um, when he was when he was designed, the Lord said to him, He said, "Take, watch the people, and when they go to the pool, watch for the ones who lap the water like dogs, and watch for the ones who cup the water, and separate them by that." And so, there were a lot of people drinking from the cup, and God said, "No, I want the ones who lap the water," and there were. 300 of them in the end. And he said, this is who I will use. But what happens often when we find ourselves in those situations is that the voice of confusion comes in. The voice of, you can't do it. And yet, we are called not to be in a place of fear. We are called not to be in that place. For me, uh, what happens to me, lots of times when I am in situations that I feel like I'm getting pressed upon, um, I have, uh, from a very early age, been a survivor. Um, I do what it takes to survive. And uh, it was instilled in me in a very, very young age. And um, Eleanor talked a little bit about triggers. And sometimes when, uh, when things press down upon me, um, that triggers in me very, song, very strong, is that I have to, I have to um, preserve myself. I have to protect myself. I have to uh, figure out a way to get out of the mess rather than uh, face it and see what God is doing in it. And over time, I'm beginning to get a little better at it, but there are still times where it comes. And I think that the Lord, when these things come, they, I, I, for me, they don't come as often as they used to, but it's still a reminder of I have to lean into him and I have to trust him and not rely on my strength and my scheming and my <laughs> quick-wittedness on how to wiggle out of it because <laughs> I can do that. What the Lord says to us through the prophet Jeremiah, a well-known verse in 29 verse 11, is that I know the plan that he has for me, that he has a plan to prosper me. He has a plan to prosper us. He has a plan to not bring us harm. And even in the midst of all the stuff, when we look back upon him and say, Lord, Speak those words to me now. 
that no harm will come to me, that you will prosper me in what I set my hand to. And that's where we find our strength. I've been reading a blog from a fellow named Ed Silvoso. And a quote, two quotes, one later, but one right now stuck out to me. Your true destiny awaits you at the end of a path guarded by menacing giants, and one of them is fear. But God, but God, what does God say? We are no longer slaves of fear. We are no longer bound by fear. He is going to deliver us from fear. In Ephesians 6, the armor of God. We clothe ourselves in that armor and the sword of truth. When we pick that up, we can slice off the head of that giant, like David did, and say, fear, you will not control me. You will not control me. So this thing, faith. Our faith or God's faith? You have your scriptures. Um, I want to turn. I have a, a few scriptures that I want to uh, to go to, talk about them. Matthew chapter eight, verse five. There was a centurion that had came to see Jesus, and he had said to Jesus, "My servant." at home is very ill and he is going to die and I know that you are a man of authority just as I am a man of authority and I tell people to come and I tell people to go and I tell them well, where to fight and all that sort of thing and if you say the word Lord my servant will be healed When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And the servant was healed at that moment. I just want to point out what Jesus said there. Go. Let it be done just as you believed it would. Is that not faith? He believed because Jesus put in him faith. Jesus, God incarnate, put in him faith. And he knew that it would be done. Really, really quite amazing. And then in Hebrews, one of my favorite scriptures that I that I go.
go to once in a while just to look at and, and, uh, and think upon. Hebrews 10, verse 23. Let us hold on. And I like this word, unswervingly. Because I don't know if... uh, if any of you did it, but I just had this memory of when I was a kid, me and a few buddies in the dead of winter on the side of the road, we would um, do a thing called the bumper skiing. <laughs> it wasn't the smartest thing to do, but it was kind of fun. <laughs> you'd wait till the car came to a stop at a stop sign, and you'd sort of jump out from behind the bush or the tree, and you'd grab onto the bumper on the boot, and you'd get behind the car, and you'd just go like this, and as the car took off, you'd just hang on for a while, and you'd just be going like that. And, it's like, and it was so fun. But the thing, just as I thought about that, it's like, it was a little bit dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, most of the cars back then, they had rear-wheel drive. And so if they did any sort of fishtail, You'd be like this, and you'd be like this, and it's like, you better let go, because you're going to get, like, tossed. And so that whole thing of unswervingly is that you want to be on a straight path. You don't want to sway to the left or to the right. Unswervingly. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he was promised is faithful. In verse 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Verse 36, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, when you have done the will of God, Not my will, Lord, but your will. Where you have called me to. Your will. You will receive what he has promised. And then verse 37. For in just a little while, he who is coming will not, he will come and will not delay. And, but my righteousness one, righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. When we commit, when we say it is time to go, when we say, here we go, here I am, Lord, I will go, we have to. And we know, in verse 39, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. We have that faith. We have that faith that God's going to come through. I went downstairs for a few minutes uh, just to uh, go over this one more time in my head and and get it into my spirit more. And on the chalkboard downstairs, um, just so happens that Hebrew 11 verse 1 is on the chalkboard downstairs. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. 
God gives us that confidence to go out and to do his will and to slay the giants and to not cause fear to rise up. To fulfill that plan. To give us a hope and a future. To prosper us. And then Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, you all, the saints that we talked about, they are here. The angels are here. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. The pioneer of faith. That's a pretty cool statement. He is faith. He is the one originated faith. A couple of weeks ago, Laura gave a very, very powerful message on being available. And I thought a lot about that message and the fact that when we come into that place and we say, God, I want to do the things that you want me to do. I want to do the things that you have called me to do. We say, Lord, I am available. And for us, it's, it's a real journey to say that because we say in our hearts we want to be available and we say in our actions we want to be available and yet being available means that you're inviting people into your space you're inviting situations to unfold where you have to give up your time you have to give up your resources and so when we say we're available, there's a lot of stuff that encompasses being available. We have to be available emotionally. We have to be invested in what we're being called to be available in. And I think that that's probably the trickiest part. Because we can say it with our head. And sometimes our heart takes a little bit to catch up. And I think for me, my heart says yes first. And then my head has to catch up. I think for Sue, her head says yes. And her heart has to catch up. And so we put those two things together. And it causes a little bit of tension. And so we need to work through that. And yet we know beyond a shadow of a doubt 
that that's what the Lord has called us to do, is to be available for God's people. And yet, Sue's dream, Sue's passion is that one day we will be in a one-bedroom little place with nobody around. <laughs> and how, how does that work when I have these people that I am holding and I want to care for? And how do those two worlds come together to do the will of God and not our will? And God wants us to get that. There are so many in this room that have been blessed with big homes and big hearts. And you have gathered people onto yourself. You have put yourself out there. You have other, other families move in with you. We care about God's people. We care about the orphan. We care about the widow. We care about the person downtown. Maryland goes out on the streets with teams to do that. Dwayne and Mary Lou offer a safe place for some of the disadvantaged men of this town to have a safe place. Mike and Mary have just gotten back from Cuba giving out bars of soap. Such a small, small thing but just so incredibly powerful to that woman. We all have our place that we're called to. And I know that for our gathering here, our body, this 2016, this year of Jubilee, God is going to even take us further than we have already came. He's going to cause us to grow this year in ways that we we can't even wrap our head around. And, and the things that we, we feel like we have a handle on, he's just going to expand it further and further and further. And we're going to have this like, wow, God, like that would work so good with that. And he's just going to put it all together for us. When uh, Gordon Douglas was here, um, in January, um, he uh, had had this acronym, uh, PUSH. And um, Laura had, had been speaking to Laura quite a bit uh, before that. Lord, the Lord had been. And that word keeps coming up ever since. PUSH. And as I was thinking about that, I thought, do you know that there is a difference between push and shove? There is a big difference between push and shove. I think that being pushed is God's loving embrace around us, of pushing us forward into the things he's called to us. I think that shove sometimes is man's expectation on us, other people's expectation on us to go and do it. Rather than, yeah, here, you go. No, here I am, Lord, send me. And so for 
us in the river here, I want to just continually encourage each of you. I want to continually push you forward into what God has for you, for us. And this little tiny church, this little tiny Gideon's army, blows me away time and time again of all of the gifting and all of the desires that are so close and so near to God's heart. We are so, so blessed. And the momentum is just going to keep on growing and growing and growing because each of us is called to bigger and better things. And for those of you who are in seasons of struggle and seasons of turmoil, he wants you to know that you are not forgotten. He wants you to know that his people and he cares for you in such a deep, deep way. And he really, really, really wants us to continue to grow in how to minister to each other. I think we do really well at it. But I think that there's even more coming. And so just as I close, I just want you to just pray a blessing over each of you. I want you to uh, just to receive the greatness of the power of his glory. Just that as he comes even now, that he's speaking to your heart that he's showing you the things that he has for you, the plan and the purpose. He's going to prosper you. He's going to fill you with even greater love. He's going to fill you with ideas. He's going to fill you with inventions. He's going to fill you with, uh, with hope. He's going to fill you with love and that perfect love casts out all fear and there will be nothing that you cannot do that the Lord has called you to be blessed we call the worship team forward